بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Continuing the chapter we started last week discussing the case that some of this Ummah, Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will worship idols and the author brought some ayahs and some hadith to prove that and we said that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in his holy book and what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in his sahih hadith is clearly showing us just to tell not to accept or approve that some of this ummah will worship idols the ayahs we mentioned before three, uh, three ayahs and tonight inshallah we'll talk about the three hadith first of them is the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu ardah which is narrated by al-Bukhari muslim actually this hadith has a story it's not mentioned in this book the story was that after Hunayn battle when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa won and had victory on Hawazin tribe that's after Mecca when he took Mecca from Quraysh for this he went to meet and fight Hawazin which was one of the largest tribes Arab tribes in that area Taif and North and actually that time a lot of people followed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and accepted Islam but majority of them were ignorant they just accepted Islam so while he was coming back sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Hunayn back to Mecca they passed by a tree a great tree large tree colonists used to use that tree to hang things on it to gain barakah blessing before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so when some of these sahaba new sahaba new, new muslims saw that they asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make them a tree so they can hang their things into it so they can have barakah of it now ignorance just accepted Islam they didn't know that this is wrong and not accepted now these are new and they just understood Islam they did not understand it completely now some of Muslims now they are living as Muslims and they are born as Muslims and they think that this grave gives barakah how far this tree from the grave almost the same now so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Allahu Akbar and Allahu Akbar you say it or subhanallah when you say it it means that you are greeting Allah for what has been said the meaning of what he said to the Sahaba you said exactly what the Bani Israel said to Musa there's another story again Bani Israel when Allah saved them from Fir'aun and they passed the sea the dry sea when they walked with Musa going to Palestine they saw some people worshipping idols 
station. So they asked Musa alayhi salam to make an idol for them so they will worship it. اجعل لنا إلهان كما لهم آلهة الله مش ديتنا هذولي بوك سبحانه وتعالى ملك الجاد فرس سوي وشدهم سوي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم سيد الله أكبر يوسد يستقل من الصحابة there's one who requested a tree for baraka or blessing يوسد the same as بني إسرائيل said to Musa ملك الجاد فرس then he said لتتبعنا سننا من كان قبلكم you will follow the nations before you step by step even if they go and get inside a hole of sand lizard because in Arabic love maybe you heard this in Arabic if they get into that hole you will get to the sea some other parts of the hadith or some words of this hadith some other narrated by some other sunnah gatherers they said even if some of them will makes zina to his mother in the street, you will do the same. Now, see what is happening in some of these civilized countries in the West. When a man takes his girlfriend in front of the others in the park and he makes zina to her in front of the others. How dirty is that? When Muslims really come and try to copy this and they think this is civilization. We want to be civilized, you know, why are we so bad? These civilized people, they made messiahs and atomic bombs because they take their girlfriends into the park and make love to them. That is the case. Astaghfirullah. So those Muslims are really covering. Some Muslims now are covering. I wish they covered the good things. I wish they covered how they to make messiahs or to make medical things or make... That's fantastic. But they did not cover them in these good things. They covered them in the wrong things. How to make their hair like this? How to cut their hair this way, like a marine? How to shave their beard? How to wear tight pants, or so on? Subhanallah al-Azim. Muhammad sallallahu told us that will happen, and this is happening now in this ummah. So when he said, "Sallallahu he means it. Sallallahu He meant it. Sallallahu So part of this ummah now. Are really one who worshiping idols, and the idol, as we said, is a wider word than the case of stations. Stations could be only the made shape of a human being or a, a, an animal or anything. But idols, anything, including even a grave, including a tree, anything worshipped besides Allah or without, instead of Allah, is an idol. Now this ummah really is coming the, the Christian Jew in this case. May somebody say, no, wait, wait, Christians are not worshipping idols, they are worshipping Isa. Yes, they are worshipping Isa and they are worshipping the idols of Isa and the cross, as they call it. They are worshipping the pictures of Mary. They are worshipping so many things that some of you, and that's of course incorrect to be done, got into this church of the Christians, you will be amazed when you see how many pictures and idols in there. Right. <coughs> so, he's Allah tell them, said this hadith to warn his ummah from falling into what the Christian Jew fell in. What they did, actually, they got into the big mistake. They followed the steps of shaitan, while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have already warned all Bani Adam not to follow the steps of shaitan. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ 
Shaitan has steps. He does not come and ask the person directly to go to Jahannam or to go to Kufr. He wants him to go step by step. When he asks people to bury a past person into a masjid, he is actually not asking them for shirk or polytheism, but he is asking them to step to polytheism, one step ahead. How he convinced people to do so? He comes to say, you know, this is a past person, alim, scholar, a good da'iyah, has been spent more, more, uh, most of his life in da'wah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why you bury him with the regular people in the cemetery or in the graveyard? That's incorrect. You should respect these awliya. Saib, how do we respect them? Bury them in the masjid. Astaghfirullah. While Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we mentioned in some other chapters before, clearly curse the Jew and Christians because they have done this. When they buried their good people into the masjid or their place of prayer. Somebody says, yeah, and what's the problem? A respected person will be, will be buried in a respected place. What's the problem here? The problem, you cannot see it in the first place. In the beginning, those people who buried this person, they know. They just stop by and salam alaykum wa rahmatullah, they say for the graveyard, like Muhammad sallallahu used to do in Sunni Ziyara. But later on, generations after generations will come one day that these generations later on will worship this grave instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We mean worshipping, we don't mean that to pray and yeah, to make sujood for this grave. This is not, yeah, this is rare. You cannot see this much actually. But, worshipping here is a wide word. Asking Barakah is a worshipping. Asking Shafa'ah is worshipping. Asking cureness and other things is also worshipping. So, when these people did this mistake, they fall into shirk. And that's what exactly happened to the Christian Jew and the ignorant Muslims. When they start to respect, and say they were respecting these people, then they exaggerate on these pious persons, then they worship them instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith which is narrated by Al-Bukhari Muslim is a very important hadith for a Muslim to really think and study. As we said in the beginning, a true Muslim will always try to depend on the evidences of Quran and Sunnah. With full respect to these Imams, to these scholars, the major Imams, Abu Hanifa, Wa Shafi'i, Wa Ahmad, Wa Malik, with full respect for the, the ulama, anywhere in this world. But before all of them, we are, we are supposed to respect the evidences of Quran and Sunnah. If someone says that I am ignorant, I cannot really differentiate, I cannot even read Arabic, I cannot read Quran and Sunnah, I don't know how to understand them, we say fine. You depend on ulama, fatwa and understanding. But, put in mind that if one day you receive a hadith and someone explains to you this hadith, is said by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa correct hadith, and it means that what you are doing is incorrect, you have to stop doing what you are doing and go to the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What if my imam, say I am, I am from um, Hanbal, as they call it, Ahmad bin Hanbal. What if my Ahmed bin Hanbal, my Imam says that you do this in Salah, you put your hand in your belly button. But I later on discover that there is a hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, stronger than the hadith which is depended by Ahmed bin Hanbal, to say that you put your hands in your chest, not in the belly button. Shall I follow Ahmed bin Hanbal or follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? No question. Very clear and very important. 
So if that's the case, we say, every Muslim should try. Even if he is ignorant, he should try to understand Quran and Sunnah because he is required to follow them. This hadith of Sa'id, Abi Sa'id al-Khudri that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, لَتَتَّبِعُنَّ لَتَتَّبِعُنَّ سَنَنَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ حَدَّوَ الْقُدَّةِ بِالْقُدَّةِ It's very important hadith. Although that does not mean he is accepting that. He is telling us that this will happen, yes. But that does not mean that he is allowing us. So somebody will say, okay, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that we will follow Christian Jew. Okay, so we will obey Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and follow Christian Jew. Astaghfirullah. What kind of understanding is this? He is only warning us from falling into this problem. And we said before that there are warnings of Muhammad sallallahu in his hadith. If you read them, you will find that he's one, he wanted from a lot of things that he knew sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that if we fall into these cases, we will end up with the polytheism. Like the case of praying in the graveyard or cemetery. Actually, a person who is praying in the cemetery, he is not worshipping the graves. No. He is just doing that because Shaitan came to him and said, if you do this in the cemetery, you will feel more khushur. Your salah will be stronger because you are between the dead people, so you remember the death, so you are doing your salah fantastically. Right? But Muhammad Sallallahu told us not to do so. Clearly in the hadith we have already mentioned before. So we have to stop, even if we don't understand, say, Ya Allah, this is better. Even praying in the cemetery or graveyard is better than praying in the masjid. I have more khushu' in there. I feel more khushu' to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. When I read Quran, I feel stones, I cry, I weep. Even though since Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before that told us not to do so we are not supposed to do it even if our minds say no it's better no it's not better because we do not see how far in the long run how, what will happen to us when we go on in this case and that's exactly what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith which is narrated by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma about the case of the people of Nuh I told you about that before how these five, five, five persons died at the same time what, the, what shaitan came to tell people when they are so sorry and so sad about them, to make idols for them, pictures of them, graves of them, then just to remember their ibadah so they will make a lot of ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, later on, generation after generation, they thought that their elders, they are not only following them in their ibadah, but they are also asking them and worshipping them. So, so they start to ask them for barakah and things, and then they end up with worshipping these dead people. Why Muhammad in the hadith of Abu Hayyaj al-Asadi that Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu said shall I show you what, what, shall I tell you what Muhammad told me to do you never see a grave which is higher than it's supposed to be make it same, the same of earth more than, no more than Shibr Shibr is like this about 20 centimeters if you see any pictures just destroy it why why Muhammad said to Ali ibn Abi Talib to do so does he like to destroy things? Does Muhammad is telling Ali ibn Abi Talib to disrespect the dead people in the graves by destroying their graves and make them only levels like this? Astaghfirullah. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon the wahi from Allah wa ta'ala knew that if we start to raise up the graves, if we start to make names and good words about them, that this will lead us with the khatawat al-shaytan, the steps of shaytan, to worship them one day. Did this happen? You can see. You can't judge by yourself. When you see all of these areas in the Muslim's land where people, Muslims, unfortunately go to this, these graves and ask them instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swear by them and give qurban, give sadaqah to these graves. Why? Thinking that this 
they did the, the, the person who is in disgrace, if you give sadaqah, he will take care of you. Astaghfirullah. And so they, they, they reached the point, which is the story which is very famous, that one ship was traveling from Yemen to Jeddah. That was a long time ago. Among us, the people who in the, was on the, sh- the ship, there was one monotheist person. Monotheist. Muwahid. The rest where you, 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 were, you, you worship grace. So when they had a very bad weather, as they call it, a lot of waves, and the, the, the ship was going to sink, they start to call the graves. Aydarus, other names, Khalandar Babas, gone. So that one person said, wait, wait, what are you doing? We should call Allah, yeah? Why do you call these this, this people? So they said, oh, you are the, the problem now. You are the, the reason that we are going to sink. Throw him in the, in, in the, in the ocean. Now the one is becoming the bad one. La ilaha illallah. And he tried to convince these people, they refused to accept. He convinced them only to leave him alone. He will not say anything. Khalas. Otherwise they will throw him in the, in, in, in the, in the sea. Muslims reach this point means that they are in the steps of shaitan. They are following the Christian and Jew. Why we, we press a lot? Why we talk a lot about this case? Because this is the first step we have to talk about. This is the most important thing we have to talk about. If we make mistakes in Salah, or in Wudu, or in Zakah, or in Hajj, or in Salt, we always ask Allah for forgiveness because we all make mistakes. But if someone makes mistakes in monotheism and he falls into polarism, no, this is another case. This is not going to be accepted. Unless, of course, the conditions you know you remember. So what we need actually is to follow Muhammad sallallahu in his way of da'wah and giving the sequence of important things first. First things first. When he sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu to Yemen, what did he tell him? Did he tell him to ask them for sadaqah or zakah or hajj first or for salah first? No. He made a condition. Call them for salah. Call them for la ilaha illallah. Then he said, if they accept this, then call him, call them for salah. So there is if. And if is a condition. Unless they accept la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is nothing, nothing, nothing to talk about. So that's why Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, one of the reasons, or one of the wisdoms, that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spent 10 years, spent 10 years in Mecca, before Isra and Mi'raj, he did not call people for Salah or Salam or Hajj or Zakah, because they did not accept, yes, La ilaha illallah. Very limited people accepted La ilaha illallah, but this they refused. They object or reject this La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he had to, he had to, Sallallahu to wait, upon the order of Allah Ta'ala, until they understand La ilaha and accept it, then he will call them for Salah. Ten years of twenty-three years of his life, da'wah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did not call for salah or salam or hajj or salam. Four pillars of Islam was not mentioned. Only, la ilaha illallah, first pillar, Muhammad Rasulullah. So this is the case we are talking always about, we say that, just check it out. Check the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he told us about these cases of Christian and Jew, and how they fell into the problem, then you understand why we are really pressing a lot on this case, why we are really emphasizing on this case, because when we talk about it, when we take care of our Muslim brothers who is falling into this, then we are directing them to the right track. If a Muslim dies without using miswak, 
Probably most of you, maybe you do know this, Ms. Wak. Maybe you did not use it in your country. Maybe it's not available in your country. If a Muslim dies without using this, although it's a sunnah, he will not go to Jahannam. He will not go to Jahannam. He did not, he did not make a sunnah for some reason. That's Alhamdulillah. If someone does not pray, any other salah except the four, five fourth, he will not go to Jahannam. But if one person do the best of his, uh, of his efforts to worship Allah and salah, five blocks, psalm, month of Ramadan blocks, and so on, but he is going to the graveyard and asks him instead of Allah, all of his doing is nullified, fruitless, useless, voided. Who said so? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَحَبِطَ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Whatever they, have, they are doing is gone, finished, nullified. Just because they made polytheism. Because they destroyed the first pillar of Islam, which is La ilaha illallah. When they destroyed it, then whatever comes after that is not accepted. Not accepted at all. The second hadith is the hadith of Tawban, radiallahu anhu, which is narrated by Muslim, that, was, uh, that Muhammad sallallahu said that Allah ta'ala showed him the whole earth, east and west. And his ummah will reach, the, the, the ruling of his ummah will reach these areas that he saw, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him. That's not in a dream, by the way. That's the reality. But how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him, some people say that Allah gave him more strength in his sight, so he saw, and some others, which is correct, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him, whether, we do not know how he did, subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he did, because Allah, ala kulli shayin qadir. And now you can see, by this, yani space, yani, uh, ship, you can see the earth in one time. So easy. In fact, you have it at home, in a plastic bowl. You can see, you make earth like this, you can see it all. So if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the rest of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot show him this, all of this. So he showed them subhanahu wa ta'ala, showed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, showed Muhammad East and west of the earth. By the way, notice the hadith said east and west. And he does say north and, and south. Then you will see that the ruling of Muslims did not go much in the north or in the south. It went more in the east and more in the west. Went to, the, to Morocco in the west, maybe more later on, and to Kazakhstan and these areas, you know, almost to Siberia in the east. But to north and south is very limited, and that's part of the case of the hadith, you can check it. The rest of the hadith is really talking about more important cases, but we want to talk about the case of our chapter in here. Because, as you remember, Al-Bukhari, by the way, when you read his book, Sahih Al-Bukhari, you find that he brings the hadith, and he takes only one part of it. He wants to talk about a case, so he makes a headline, he made a headline, then he makes the hadith which is talking about this, or part of the hadith is talking about this. So we are trying now to take this hadith, we cannot talk about the whole hadith because it's a very long hadith, it will take us a long, so long time, and talk about so much different cases, but we want to talk about the case which is our major in the case of this chapter number 23. So, he mentioned after that that Al-Barqani, one of the hadith collectors, he said in his sahih that Muhammad Sallallahu said, وَلَا تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ 
حتى يلحق حي من أمتي بالمشركين وحتى تعبد في آم من أمتي الأوثان آه ذيس دباك من واسي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قال هذا الحديث هذا الحديث هو كوريكتد باي هو مش بارت اوف ذا مسلم ناريشن نو بس هو اكشولي كوريكتد باي الالباني اند اولسو شيخ ابن تيميه اند سم اذرز طيب في صلى الله عليه وسلم قال هذا الحديث ذات الساعه ذا اور ويل نوت كم انتل بارت اوف ماي امه ويل بي فولوينج ذا بوليسيس يلحق ان عربي كميز ذا ويل فولو They will follow them in their worshiping. So they will they worship. They will worship part of his ummah. Will will worship idols. They will follow the mushrikeen, the prophets, in worshiping idols. By the way, this happened in some parts in Saudi Arabia. In here, part of one of the famous tribes in Saudi Arabia, long time ago, became Shia prophets. Shia are prophets. That's not no one's so clear because they are calling Allah Hussein and Ali, and they are also having polytheism in the side of Rububiyyah by thinking that Allah or saying that Allah is not the only one who knows the Ghayb. Also, Ali ibn Abi Talib and his descendants knows they know the ancient world which is the Ghayb. While Allah clearly said in His holy book, "Kull la yaglam man fi al-samawat wal-ard al-Ghayb illa Allah." Only Allah. They say no, no. Also, Ali ibn Abi Talib and his eleven descendants sons. Are no, or they know the ghayb also. So actually, Shia are polytheists, but they are hidden polytheists. So we call them hypocrites. They are more like hypocrites, especially if they are among Muslims. They do show their kufr. They do show their polytheism. Part of their polytheism, as I told you, this side of Rububiyyah, the side of Uluhiyyah. Also, they have some strange understanding of this deen by saying that Quran has been changed, and the Quran you have only. One third of their Quran, which is called Mus'haf Fatima, where is it? Three times of our Mus'haf, where is it? It is hidden in Iraq. Since more or for more than one thousand years. Subhanallah. Quran is descended by Allah to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the best person ever walked on earth, and the last messenger of Allah who was sent to the whole human beings after that time. And this Quran is hidden and lost. What's the use of this Quran? So this case now this, but they do show you this case. They do say this in front of everybody. When you talk to them, they say, "No, Astaghfirullah, Quran, we love Quran, we believe in Quran, we believe in Sahaba." But why they are big, big liars? They are actually hiding their kufr, and that these are hypocrites. They are showing Islam with good intentions, and they are hiding or concealing kufr and bad intentions, including to say that Jibril was unhonest. Taawwuri billah. That Jibril was supposed to bring the message. To Ali ibn Abi Talib, but he made him not made a mistake. He intentionally gave it to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Taqdirullah. It's major kufr. Very, very, very clear major kufr. But they don't show this to you. They don't say this to everybody. No, they hide this because they know Muslims will not, not accept that. So they show good intentions and conceal bad intentions and kufr. So they are kafirs in this case, but they are hypocrites by this way. Right. So in this hadith we are mentioning now. That Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is telling us clearly, very clear that part of his ummah will follow the mushrikeen and part of his ummah also will worship stations, will worship idols. Did this happen? Yes, yes, it happened, and you can see it now happening. And as we said before, just to make 
يعني the, the self-defensive or sensitivity away from ourselves even in here in this area 200 years ago almost or more this area used to worship trees graves caves things you cannot believe they used to worship that and written in the history if you read the history of this area the area of Najd which is containing Riyadh and the areas around they say that there was a grave said to be grave of Zayd ibn Khattab brother of Umar ibn Khattab beside the Jubaila here beside the Dir'iyah people used to come to this grave and make tawaf unto it and they sacrifice for it and they share their heads for it and they call it instead of Allah so don't be amazed that what Muhammad said is happening it happened and it's happening also still happening among some Muslim countries now some Arabian countries also yeah, you would be amazed if I tell you one story about an Arabian country the city which is beside the sea one day they found a man floating on the sea for a long time but he was not for some reason Allah SWT wanted he is not rotten so they said ah oh, this is Wali the Wali means yani, a pious person so they took him they buried him and they made a doom for him a building for him and they start to make Barakah ask Barakah from believe it or not that dead person was a Christian Italian Christian But he's the wali. Who cares? Since he is found this way, then he's the wali. Muslims, they are not. They are Arabs. They read Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad clear in front of them. They still, because of Muhammad told us that it will happen in his own it's happening now. So many stories, if you read, if you check, you will be so amazed to find such things are happening among Arabs and the others. This is really the case we want to discuss in the case of uh, chapter number 23. Just to remind ourselves, brothers, that whoever says that this ummah will never fall into shirk or polytheism, he is mistaken. He is so mistaken because you can see this in reality. And if reality is not enough, we will say that hadith of Muhammad is enough. And he told us this will happen. Then comes the question here. If you say so, and you believe so, what am I supposed to do? Say, I believe that. What am I supposed to do? Ah, wait, wait, wait. You are created for an important reason. Remember that. We are created not to eat and enjoy life and have women and children and so on. This is not the reason for creation in here. No. We are created to worship Allah. And one of the most important cases in worshipping of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to learn the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and believe in it and practice it in our life and call for it confess to the people to save our Muslim brothers from falling into politism Can you, can't you see the people around you when you go to your country your area you will see people are going to the graves and sit them instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't you see this and you keep silent you are not allowed to do this we are not allowed to do this we are supposed to take care of this Muslim brothers because they are falling into shirk and they may if they die like this they go to Jahannam don't we have mercy for this Muslim brother? Don't we have mercy for our Muslim brothers? We are not, we are, aren't we supposed to go and take care of these people and try to move them away from polytheism? Save them from Jahannam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us clearly in his holy book. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu quu anfusakum wa ahliikum nara. 
وقودها الناس والحجارة. Save yourself. Save yourself and your children and your family from Jahannam. How? By more food? By neat clothes? By fancy cars? No. But by saving them from falling into politics especially. Saving them, of course, you will not allow your, ch- your child to be addicted to drugs, will you? You will not allow your children, your child to fall into drinking alcohol. You will not allow your child to fall into zina. That's for sure. But if he is falling into politics, which is worse. Yani, a person who, who drinks alcohol or falls or addicted to drugs, uh, or he ne- makes zina and he does not repent until he dies, he is not going to be settled in Jahannam if he goes to Jahannam. He will not be settled in Jahannam. That's for sure. But the person who dies with pluralism, he will be settled in Jahannam. Who said so? Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Jahannam, Jannah is forbidden for him. وَمَأْوَاهُ النَّارِ He will be settled in Jahannam. نَعُوذِ بِاللَّهِ Even if he prays five times a day, plus, even if he fasts Ramadan, plus, even if he pays Zakah, plus, and even if he Go to Hajj so many times? Yes, even though. Since he broke the first pillar of Islam, which is La ilaha illallah, what comes after that is useless. So that's why we say, brother, yani we have to discuss it. Re- sometimes we repeat what we say sometimes. Why? Because we need to remember. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to remind. وَذَكِّرْ means remind. And he said, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ It's going to be beneficial for who? For mu'mineen. Subhanallah, yani, we are reminding mu'mins. We are not reminding kafirs now. We are not reminding mushriks. We are not reminding Christians or Jews. We are reminding mu'mins about this ayah. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ تَنْفَعُ It will be beneficial for us when we remind. When I remind you, I remember myself first of all that I should really think of it. I should remind myself first of all before I remind you. Before I come to this message, I have to think what I have come to say. Suppose I supposed to be the first one who will take care of it. But also I get the chance to remind my Muslim brothers. Reminding, I'm not teaching you. I know you know better. You know better than I say, but actually it's just a reminder. So reminding you will remind me also. Then we will work in the track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then we will be good enough to carry the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam all around. How high this rank when a person is carrying the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi How important is the person who is carrying the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa doing the duty of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa by conveying this deal to the others? Especially, especially in the case of Tawheed, monotheism. Especially when he says, yeah, he just put in mind if you say one person, from polarism and he become a good Muslim, every good deed he is doing, you are getting copy of it. So when you come in the judgment day, you find mountains of hasanat, good deeds, that you cannot do by yourself. It is because those people you have saved already, and the people who they, these people have saved, and the people who have saved, and go on. If you call one person and die, and this person became better than you, by learning deen and calling the others, then he is working for you. And who is there for his calling? Also they are working for you. Because you are getting, you are gaining copy of the ajar of each one of them. Maybe you are sleeping at home. 
you are not praying at night, tahajjud. Because you are tired or you are busy. But you are gaining a lot of other of these people who are praying the whole night. Just imagine. Why? Because you believe that the deen of Muhammad is the best. Not only believing, because theories are not enough. A lot of people they believe, well, I just did fantastic. Well, we love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They follow him. Well, I... Too busy to do so. Too busy? That means you don't believe. This person who is not really following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he does not believe in his deen. Because if we believe that this deen of Islam is the best deen, then why are we not really taking care of it? Why aren't we practicing? Subhanallah, kafirin, the kuffar knew it better than us. When they say, when you come to them to call them to Islam, they look at you. Say, why don't you practice Islam by yourself? If this deal was good, you will practice by yourself. But it's not, it's not good, so I'll not, I'll not take it. So we Muslims now, one of the major reasons to make people refuse Islam. Because we are not practicing Islam. How come we say we are Muslims, and we believe in Islam, and we have deep belief in Islam, but we are not practicing Islam? Nobody accepts this. Kaverin, they understand this. I told you before about that story of that Pakistani Da'iyah, preacher, alim, who came in Hyde Park in London. And he made a fantastic preach about Islam, fantastic speech about Islam. And people will say, MashaAllah, Masha, la ilaha illallah. Uh, maybe, you know. But one of the people was there in the end. Maybe he was a drunk even. He said, all what you have said about Islam is fantastic. But where are the people of Islam? You want me to show you? Go to the bars. Go to the dirty places. You find your Muslim, Arab Muslims there. You people from the Indian subcontinental used to call us the sons of Sahaba. Your elders maybe, the new ones maybe, they are not now. The elders ones, yeah, those people before when they go to India and Pakistan and, and, and Bangladesh and Afghanistan, these areas, people receive them there like the sons of Sahaba. Thinking that they are still the sons of Sahaba, not only by the chain, but by the following, they do. But when they discover that these are the sons of Sahaba, sons of Sahaba are doing bad things. So they get shocked. We do not need the sons of Sahaba if they are not in the right track. In fact, we hate the cousin, the uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Lahab. We hate him. Although he is the uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because he's a kafir. Whoever does not follow the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we hate him. Whether he is so close or far away. لا تجد قوم يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو إخوانهم وعشيرتهم. The closest ones, if they are against the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we have to hate them. And the far ones, if they are following the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we love them. Because this is what Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us to do. That's the deen. That's the case of monarism or tawheed. We have to talk about once, twice, ten times, thirty times, because this is the case where Muslim really should understand. Until it's so clear to him. That's why I always ask you after that, do you have any questions? Because if you have any questions, we can discuss it. We can see. Maybe I'm mistaken, tell me. Yani, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect, nobody's perfect. Tell me that you have made a mistake, such and such, I'll say, Allah khair, I'll go and check it. And if I made a, if it's true, I made a mistake, I'll come and I apologize for you, and I did this before. Maybe some of your brothers remember that when one of your brothers asked me about the ring. 
silver ring. I said, no, it's not allowed. Then I went back home and I checked. Because somebody in the auto, in the same message told me, no, that was Muhammad used to wear, to wear a silver ring. So I went back home and I checked the case. I found, yes, I was mistaken. So I mixed up, I came and said, yes, I was mistaken. Muhammad used to wear silver ring. So when you come and ask me or tell me something, I made a mistake, I would say, Jazakumullah khair. And that's part of Muhammad Hassan told us. Means, you should advise your brother. Whenever you see something wrong in your brother, ask him. Advise him. Ask him, maybe he's, he's not, he doesn't know. And if he knows, then you advise That's the deal of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are supposed to, not only to learn it, not only to practice it, not only to convert, but also to be patient for what we receive for it. These are four conditions as you remember in Surah Al-Asr. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala accept our deeds, and if you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. By the way, before we go on, uh, we have two more weeks in Sha'ban, but I apologize that I cannot really make it to come in here. So we'll stop in here until after Ramadan, inshallah, to continue discussing. And the first, inshallah, chapter will be after Ramadan, we'll be talking about the magic, al-sihr. Hopefully, inshallah, we'll be, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us life and health, we'll meet here, inshallah, after Ramadan. Now, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Thank you.